0: Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon
1: to help us dissect the numbers we have Lionel Lin, director of research at the SGX hello Lionel
0: Hi, am Melissa Hi, thank you how for are having you? me here oh, good pleasure. good
1: <laughs> thank yeah. you very much okay we've <laughs> seen we've seen another week of increased uh, volatility in the global equities markets and from what we've seen on apac indices entering the week um, rather mixed reactions there um, i alluded uh, a little bit uh, earlier to you know fears and concerns about low economic growth um, but more specifically, or, or in greater detail, how would you describe what's top of investor minds right now?
0: Right, right. Uh, indeed, last week was quite a volatile week in global equities market. Just to give everyone a quick recap, right, if you look at the major US indices, they were down by about 3 to 4% in the pa- past five sessions last week. So I think where we stand right now is that Nasdaq, they are in bad territory, close to 30% of the record highs. S&P 500 is down about 18% from the peak, so very near to bad territory, while Dow Jones is down about 14% from the historical highs. Um, If you look at EPEC markets relatively, last week they had some relative outperformance. In the last five sessions, right, in the major APEC indices, we saw an average 2.5% gains across the region. So uh, we've seen some pockets of strength in Philippines, where it's up about 6%, their index. Indonesia up about 5%, and Hong Kong is up about 4%. I think to really uh, categorize what is really top of mind right now, um, four key things here, right? One would be inflation, uh, recession fears, geopolitical tensions in Europe and also supply chain disruptions. So I think if you think about it, these four main factors are right, kind of interlinked together and you have seen the concerns playing out in the equities market globally. Uh, in fact, if you look at it globally right now, inflation is seen as a concern. Even in Japan, right, I think last week we saw core consumer prices spiking to the highest level in seven years for the month of April. And if you think about it, the BOJ's inflation target is about 2%. So now it's like slightly above their target. Uh, One important point to note last week was really U.S. retailers, right? Their earnings have sort of confirmed that inflation is causing some impact to their uh, consumer spending behavior and potentially also some impact to their earnings. So this has caused the street to talk about impact of eroding consumer purchasing power and leading off to a sell-off in some of the large-cap U.S. retailer stocks over there. I think to frame it, right, really the Fed this time round has been quite committed to raising rates to combat inflation. So we'll continue to see that play out. I think, in fact, if you look at US uh, 1Q22, right, the real GDP, which is um, uh, real GDP, actually declined at an annual rate because of inflation. So that's the first time since the pandemic that this has happened. Um, Something fresh, one o'clock SG inflation also came in, right? Slightly below expectation, but still quite high level. CPI grew about 5.4% year on year. So consensus were estimating about 5.6%. Uh, second point, really, supply chain disruption. I think this, you know, the uh, China COVID lockdown, geopolitical tensions are also persisting. Industry experts do expect the ongoing disruptions to last at least for a couple of months uh, more, and this will potentially feed increases uh, in prices in general. I think going back closer to Singapore, really, SDI was up close to about 2% last last week and still defending the 3,200 levels. Uh, While well, this is about 5% of the highs we've seen in end March, right? We are still up about 4% in price, last 6%, including mm. dividends. And my colleagues would have said uh, uh, previously <laughs> also, we are the mm. top performing DM market yes. globally. Mm. Yes. So I think just wanted to touch quite quickly in terms of the outperformers. Last week, they came mostly from the resources space, mm. uh, names such as your coal miner, Golden Energy, shipbuilder, Yang Tsi Jiang, and also palm oil mm. player, Golden Agri. Mm. Uh, in fact, interesting reopening team. I'm sure Emilia and Candice. Has been telling you over the past few weeks. S I and sets also outperformed last week.
1: Mm. Mm. but yeah. as we as we you know understand as well i mean aside from solid market numbers and then that tend to also come from you know the analysts and all that on the other hand for a lot of the retail investors uh, it's it's sentiment driven right and then yeah. that fees on a sort of like a vicious cycle a domino effect you know of, of like you know it's a bearish market and people get more ganjong about it and then you know it just goes mm. on and on if we compare that with the 2007 2009 financial crisis when the peak to 12 decline was nearly 57 I Nowhere nowhere near that at this point in time, but um, given the sort of sentiment that we're seeing out there in the market, is there any what kind of likelihood do you see of, of us going southwards, you know, to that extent? Or even near that extent.
0: Well, well, I think um, I would need to have a crystal ball to answer that. <laughs> but yeah, but okay. I, I think it, it, in general, really, if you look at it, right, uh, right now the sentiment of investors is really more of like a risk-off uh, environment to some extent. Mm. Uh, the volatile situation is uh, not really helping. I think if you look at it, many of the uh, social analysts out there in the US, right, are saying that uh, the global markets are actually pricing in about. More than 50% mm. chance of a recession yeah, so going on. That they're uh, overpricing but, it, right? Yeah. So, 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 um, if you believe what some of these analysts are saying, right? In fact, um, if you look at some of the macro data that are coming through, in fact, you know, some of the economies out there are still seeing uh, growth. So mm-hmm. that's something that's potentially a mitigating factor. I think mm-hmm. if you come closer to home and in the region, I right, mm-hmm. just wanted to point out that there has been a lot of pent-up demand right, from you know, traveling and consumption overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reopening theme is something that we have to really watch very carefully because mm-hmm. I think that it's something that will potentially prop the Asian markets up to a certain extent. Mm, mm. Yes, but with
1: higher consumption, there's a possibility um, also that uh, the inflation pressures could, that it could also increase uh, inflation Mm. pressures, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I guess if investors are really, uh, you know, concerned about inflation, uh, they should own certain assets in their portfolios that will enable them to hedge against the higher higher prices. Mm. So, Some of them would likely be your commodities from your oil, copper, palm oil. In Mm. fact, gold uh, typically for decades have been seen as an inflation Mm. hedge. Traditionally, Mm. I think if you look from the institutional space, the mm. real assets also benefit from higher rates and inflation. So mm. things, things such as your real estate assets, etc., mm-hmm. they are typically also outperformed. Mm. I think if you really want to own some equities out here, right, um, as an investor, you would like to be more focused on quality companies, uh, mm-hmm. short duration, mm-hmm. uh, lower in labour cost input and commodities input. This ensure that, you know, they, they will uh, continue not to see mm. very big negative impact to their margins. So like if... Uh, if I may point to the Singapore context, right? It's mm-hmm. really uh, you can look at it this way. Singapore PPI, right, producer price index, was up about close to twenty percent year-on-year in March, mm-hmm. and that's outpacing our core PPI uh, at five percent. Mm-hmm. So historically, if you see such typical spike, right, in mm-hmm. PPI, that put pressures on company margins. Um, like I mentioned earlier, a key mitigating factor will be the reopen opening team, where there's a rebound in terms of consumption around this region. Mm. So, if you look at the demand supply dynamics, right, utilities companies potentially they will be able to pass through certain uh, form of the increased cost. So that would be beneficiary for this sector mm. and also for developers, right? If you look at it this way, uh, in Singapore, even though there's higher construction costs, people are finding difficulties looking for labour and all, right? Mm. But currently, there's a record low of unsold inventory mm-hmm. and there's also uh, ongoing rising property prices. So um, these are some of the segments that they may potentially look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, REITs, typically, less pricing power, right? I think mm. if you look at it, the most biggest cost for them would be electricity Uh Contract costs, some mm. of them that kind of pass through. Mm. Uh, having said that, uh, we've seen rental rise, uh, not just for rent- residential, right, also for industrial and offices. Um, so that will potentially be also another form of a, like a tailwind for the sector. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, so I think in terms of that, uh, if you look at it, travel um, really just want to rehash again the reopening team, right? Definitely mm. for people with. Uh, high exposure to, you know, so commodities, prices, etc. as a trying to cause, right? Uh The reopening team is something that uh, is potentially mitigating.
1: Mm, mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to switch gears slightly now and to, sure. you know, rather uh, narrow down, focus a bit on, on one particular uh, stock, right? Premium mm. uh, EV maker Neo. It listed on SGX last Friday, but it's running into a bit of a wall over in the US. Keith, um, tell us, uh, elaborate a bit more about the situation with the company.
0: Right, right. So um, we, we were all very excited uh, mm. last week, you know, one of the largest listings in recent years. Uh, this Company has a market cap of about US 25 billion, right? So, like you rightly pointed out, they are very focused in the premium EV space. So they have always been innovating since their inception in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen their revenue and also the EV delivery right uh, mm-hmm. grown quite tremendously. In fact, doubling for the past two years. Uh, in terms of that, I think really look at the motivation of the company to list here. Uh, according to News Management, uh, the listing is really of great importance to their capital market strategy because mm-hmm. they are leveraging on Singapore's uh, and also SGX platform right to expand their investor base. Uh, particularly among the growing base of APEC investors. And hopefully, you know, with this secondary listing, right, this would also enable them to provide uh, sort of like a round-the-clock trading of new shares and provide incremental liquidity in this part of the world. Yeah, mm. So um, something um, for, for us, right, we do think that uh, this is a very exciting opportunity for them. Uh, bear in mind, even though while majority of their revenues still come from China, right, they have started to, um you know, increase their foothold mm-hmm. in Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. some European countries and potentially when they come down to this side of the world in ASEAN. Mm. Uh, I think uh, being listed on Singapore would be very relevant for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think PS, right, just just to add over here, um the company has kindly allowed uh, us to display two of their cars over here at check Center. All right. uh, one is their yeah, it's the EP okay, one cool. of them is the EP nine, which is a I think, over a million-dollar sport car and one of the mm. best-selling SUV. Mm, mm. So, you know, if you have the time, too, feel free to pop by, take some mm, selfies with I think the vehicles. Im-
1: yeah, I think for investors, yeah. it's important to be able to see and touch and feel as well their products. But, but maybe you yes. can put in perspective, um, you know, mm. the troubles it seems to be having over at the US side are related to uh, regulatory requirement uh, concerning auditors right. or auditing?
0: Yes, I think in the US, right, if you look at it, most of the Chinese ADRs are mostly focused in the internet space. Uh whereas in Singapore, uh, we've got a slightly different flavor, if you will. Uh we've got a very nice cluster of about seventy Chinese companies. Uh this is based on our uh, principal business uh place of business, right, uh mm-hmm. listed here. So in totality, that's about 55 billion market cap uh, altogether in Singapore. So we really do feel that having a high-growth company in the EV space, um, new, coming here, right, should really add to the diversity of our cluster here, uh, uh, adding on to our you know flagship names, right, like your Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, uh, real estate developer Yenlot, uh, also some of our pharma and consumer names. Uh, I think over the past few years, we've also got a very nice cluster of Chinese-focused REITs. Mm. So we've got your Capital Land, uh, China Trust, uh, BHG Retail, Saswa REIT, Mm EC World REIT, and -hmm. also DaSeng Retail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I think in summary, really to sum it up, uh, in this part of the world, I think we've got a very strong linkage with China over here in Singapore. And really, uh, by having all these new companies from China coming to list here, right, would Mm -hmm. just really add on to the diversity that we have over mm-hmm.
1: here. Yeah. So, so uh, if I may just summarise very quickly what you, you've, you know, the indication, because for some of us, we're like, oh, okay, Chinese stocks can trust, not, that kind of thing, you know? So so mm-hmm. I take it that uh, perhaps what's happening with new has to do with alignment with US, uh, perhaps regulatory practices. Uh, whereas as far as this part of the world is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, how the business is perhaps reporting or, or handling uh, those issues to do with uh, accounting and auditing, um, they're close, more closely aligned to what's, what we're expecting in this region.
0: Yeah, I think in in terms of that, this would be something more of a G2G level. Mm, Uh, We're probably going to lead it to the US and the Chinese government to uh, sort of come to an agreement, if Mm. you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But having said that, uh, from them, their perspective, right, really mm-hmm. listing on Singapore is more of a strategic listing to ta- mm. tap on the investor base mm-hmm. over here, mm-hmm. provide incremental liquidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm. and of course, you know, mm. as usual for all investors, do your own homework, read, uh, you know, read from multiple sources, including, of course, from uh, SGX, uh, all the analysts uh, and general reports that we can find there. So, Lionel, thank yes. you so much for your insight.
0: Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Minister. excellent.
1: Thank you for, for spending your time here with MoneyFM yeah. 89.3. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have Thank a good you. week ahead. Thank yeah. you. You too. Well, we've been speaking with Lionel Lin, Director of Research at the SGX. And that has been the Marker View. Please stay with us here on MoneyFM 89.3.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.